Welcome back in Brady Farkas show here on this Wednesday, WDEV AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Talking now with our Red Sox insider, Tom Karen at Nesson, ahead of Red Sox Yankees tonight. TC, how are you? Uh, doing well, Brady. How you doing? I'm doing well as well. Red Sox taking on the chin twice yesterday. The first game was a gut punch. And I know the results at this point may not really matter, but I still don't want to finish last for the third time in four years. I still don't want to finish behind the Yankees. So I would have liked to see them pull out, especially game one yesterday. Yeah, I think it does matter. I think, I think you know, as a fourth place is no, uh, no prize. Uh, but finishing last for the, the third time in four years is a really bad look especially when you were a couple of games out of the wild card at the trade deadline. And, and yeah, I mean, yes, it was a gut punch. The, the whole, I mean, let's look at the totality of the two games. 0 for 19 with runners in scoring position with 10 strikeouts. 10 strikeouts with runners in scoring position. A situation where, you know, you just need to put the ball in play and move the runner along. And that gut punch, you know, it, it's, it's, it's incredible how pitchers think, right? You, he had walked the bases loaded and couldn't find the strike zone, and Verdugo steps up to the plate. And I'm with Jonathan Papelbon, and Papelbon says, if I'm the pitcher right now, I'm feeling good because I know Verdugo's aggressive, and if I can get him to swing at a, at a, you know, a bowling ball, and it was middle-middle, but he got him to swing at it, and it was a first-pitch double play that just – that was the gut punch. And then the nightcap felt like every game you had two guys on, every inning rather, you had two guys on and a guy striking out. Uh, just a really frustrating day at the plate where the pitching was pretty good. But this Yankee pitching, you know, this isn't uh, Goose Gossage coming at you in the ninth inning. This isn't Mariano Rivera coming at you. These are ham and eggers that the Yankees are trotting out there, striking out the Red Sox. That is a really frustrating 14 hours of baseball. If I'm looking for moral victories out of game one, I would say the Rafaela at bat in the sixth or seventh inning or so where he took a nine-pitch at bat off Brito. He ended up striking out, but that was a generally good at bat where he took it deep. And then the home run to lead off game two. The Rafaela performance was my moral victory of the day. Yeah, I, I would agree, especially in game two. Uh, that that nine pitch at bat. Just remember, he swung at eight of those pitches. He did swing he, a lot. He only took one. There was one ball. It was a one and two count for that entire at bat, pretty much. So, you know, he's got the. You know, signing Eddie Romero, the assistant GM, who was instrumental in signing him, and and you know that that that's still what they've got to work on. He's got the ability and the hand eye and the, and the quickness to foul off those pitches, but. There were a lot of pitches outside the strike zone in that at-bat that he swung at. He swung at eight out of nine. So, yeah, good that he was able to extend the at-bat. Not so good that he was swinging at everything in that at-bat. We've talked a lot about Verdugo and his future. Um, we've talked a lot about the outfield situation. I'm just kind of curious, what, what is your opinion of Wilder Abreu? Because he's certainly a guy who can hit, um, you know, bring something to the table. Do you think he's a, a fourth outfield type, or is he a guy who could be a part of this thing moving forward? Yeah, I think he's got a chance to be part of the thing moving forward. He saw that throw in the uh, second game last night. Perfect strike. Didn't even bounce. Now, again, it was shallow. But still, most guys uh, with the adrenaline, young players, they're going to launch that thing. And and he got it uh, home on on a, on a line uh, and got the runner out. I You know, they like him. Uh, again, talking to Romero yesterday, uh, I think he's got a real chance to be part of it. Now, you got to sort some things out out there, right? I mean, you can't have. Verdugo and Yoshida and Jaron Duran and Sedan Rafaela and William Abreu and Rob Refsnyder. I mean, it, someone's got to go and probably a couple guys got to go out of that group. Uh, a lot of it begins 
and ends with Verdugo. What are you doing with him? And that's a big question going into this offseason. We know the numbers. We know what he's done. Then their best defender, uh, and he's, uh, you know, I think third or fourth now in the American League in doubles. So he's clearly shown the gap-to-gap power once again. That said, he's entering his contract year, and, you know, you either got to sign him to a long-term deal or you probably got to trade him because you're going to lose him for nothing if you don't. And and that's a decision you got to make. If he is your right fielder for the next five years, then you got to probably package up some of these young guys and move on from them. If if you're going to trade him, now Abreu's got a real chance to be an everyday player. Story at shortstop next year. Can Rafaela be at second? I mean, I know we see him, and Cora said if it's in the stadium, he's going to track it down. That was on the Sunday game. I know he is an outfielder, but can you alleviate this log jam and solve a second base problem at the same time? Yeah, maybe, but they really, I mean, he's got a chance to be an elite center fielder, a gold glove level center fielder, a Jackie Bradley Jr. type defender in center field. Uh, Right now, he projects as a really good infielder. Uh, So it's hard, you know, listen, defense has been such an issue for this team that I think Rafaela in center field immediately cleans up some of that defense. Now, Again, much like we just said where the Verdugo and Abreu connection is, I think the uh, Rafaela and and Duran uh, connection is pretty clear in center field. They yeah. can't both play center field, and they're both center fielders. And so that becomes a thing. Or do you move, you know, it would probably be Duran to, to left field. He's not been as good in the corner outfield on his reads. Uh, and then what do you do with Yoshida? Uh, he doesn't really have the pop to be a designated hitter, I don't think. Uh, so was, you know, none of this is easy. It's it's a it's a it's a good issue because you've kind of got, I mean, for a last place team, you're talking about too many good players. Uh, but it's not easy. They're going to have to navigate through some decisions out there. But I still think Rafael's future is in center field. And the only reason I think that wouldn't happen is if they really do believe Duran is the guy to be there. Then maybe you put him at second base just to get them both in the lineup. You talk about navigating these decisions. The biggest question is who's going to be the guy making those decisions. And right now it's high in bloom. We're not sure it's going to be him in the future. But, TC, can you please just tell our audience once and for all that Theo Epstein will not be the guy making those decisions? Man, I do not think Theo Epstein will be the guy making the decisions. I really don't. I I mean, I, I don't talk to him regularly by any stretch of the imagination. So I don't have any insight. Uh, a lot of this came from a Jared Carabas comment on a podcast. And, and you know, what he said was, I don't know, but it's not 100% that he won't. Uh, maybe that's true. It's probably it's probably not 100% that I won't become the general <laughs> manager of the Red Sox. Because if they asked me, I'd probably say yes. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I, I just don't – I don't want to rule out the idea that Theo Epstein could someday be part of the Red Sox again. Because I think there is that possibility. I just don't think it's now. I really don't. I think, you know, when I've talked to him a little bit, I, I think, he, you know, he did his Red Sox and he battled his battles with Chicago. And and the, the Major League Baseball stuff with the commissioner became a real, you know, he was really involved in all these rule changes. And I think he's enjoying a little bit of time with his family right now, sold his house in Chicago, is back in Connecticut. Uh, again, who knows? Made a lot of money in Chicago. Could he come back with the Red Sox or some other team as an owner? You know, a, a minority owner. So he doesn't have. I don't think he's got the, the the funds to be the point guy. But you know, you you look at the way some of the. You know, you look at what Derek Jeter did in Miami, right? Derek Jeter had the money to buy the Miami Marlins, but he he was the point guy in an ownership group and went in 
you know, could Theo Epstein, that to me, that's the future of Theo Epstein as a guy who puts together an ownership group, maybe an expansion franchise and, and gets to run an entire organization the way he sees fit. Now, maybe that could be with the Red Sox as a point person, but I don't think he'd be his general manager. Better odds. Theo Epstein back with the Red Sox. Tom Brady, quarterback of the Jets. Oh, geez. Oh, my God. I got to think it's, it would be Theo Epstein back with the Red Sox. <laughs> I, I mean, would. Uh, you know what's interesting, just... CC? You know what's interesting is that I think the Jets should call Tom Brady. I think they should make that call. And I think that Brady thinks the Jets would be a good situation because they have such a good defense. And I think he thinks he could still play. But given what just transpired on Sunday, Right? Can, That's he, my point. He can no longer answer the call. I almost wonder if he said yes to the prom date and then the the quarterback of the football team asked a day later and he's like, I kind of wish I had waited out for that guy initially. He can't take the call now, but I almost I almost wonder if he regrets Sunday a little bit because it prevents him from it. Yeah, I think that's probably there's some truth to that. I, and I also just think, I mean, Watching Aaron Rodgers, you know, get helped off the field there just makes it. But can we just stop with the, you know, the senior tour? Yeah. Can we let the young guys play? Um, hey, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned a couple of times your talk with Eddie Romero. I was watching the pregame show yesterday before game two. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm guilty of it as well. We've all kind of said this is a down year for Rafi Devers. And I understand some of the the clutch time stuff or the, you know, the prolonged drought earlier in the season. But when we get to the end of it, the counting stats are going to be pretty impressive. He's going to be in neighborhood of 35 and 110. That's a pretty good down year. Yeah, that's right. That's what Eddie Romero said. He goes, if that's a down year, I'd like eight or other guys to have down years. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, the defense colors it all, right? It's definitely been a step back defensively for Devers. Uh, he needs to clean that up again. I thought he was heading in the right direction over the last couple of years. He seemed to be improving year, but, but but this year was a step back. And and you wonder if just the presence of Bogarts, who was his big brother, right, in so many ways, um, you know, first year without him. I remember Bogarts telling me once, you know, he didn't use the term Sergeant Hulka, but, but, but you know, I'll go stripes on you. Yeah, he was the Sergeant Hulka to Rappi Devers, the big toe. Uh, who kind of kicked him into 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 in the line once in a while, and that's gone now, uh, right? So remember, twenty twenty, he took a step back because Cora wasn't here, and Cora's kind of the Devers whisperer. So I, I, you know, I think he'll come into his own defensively. I think he'll be better next year defensively. Um, I, I think he's done everything you can ask at the plate. I really do, and and I think, you know, what what's helped him too is the emergence of Casas in the second half. He's got that uh, protection now. You got that, you know, I, I think Devers and Casas is the left-right combo we've been looking for, the power duo. Uh, and, and you know, 27 years old, not yet, 26 years old. Uh, next year, Devers be 27 and Casas be 24. And that's pretty good uh, left-right combo to build around. Well, we got Red Sox baseball tonight. Sox looking for a win against the Yankees. TC will be on our TV, and we'll catch up again in seven days. TC, appreciate it. Can there just be no rain? I sh- uh, this, I'm telling you, man, this has been – I've been through some stretches, and I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna mea culpa here because I looked at our producer at one point like three weeks ago, and I said, "Man, you know what? That the pitch timer has just you know we're getting home earlier at night. I feel so much more refreshed than I usually do late in the season. I we're not burnt out. We're not, and I'll tell you what, it's gone this week. We're all just dragging. We've had hours of rain delay. TC, uh, this has been brutal. 
I feel bad for you, but I feel worse for our WDEV listeners who were promised Patriots football immediately following Red Sox baseball on Sunday <laughs> and then had to sit through the rain delay forever on Sunday and heard one quarter oh, that, of Patriots football. Yeah, that eighth, in, that eighth inning rain delay with two outs in the bottom of the eighth and the tarp came on the field. Uh, I, I said a lot of words that are not suitable for air. And, uh, and then we, you know, we had to fill an hour and a half for them to get the tarp off the field. I think they went nine minutes to finish the game. And then we were back on the air with the post game show. <laughs> uh, and so that was, that was not a highlight of my career. Let's just say that. We did that one other time this year where we had a massive. I was off. I was off, but that was, that was two outs in the ninth. There was one out left or it was extra and one extra inning. Okay. But it was a ninth inning and the rain came out. I think there were two outs in the ninth and it was a tie game. So it just, and then it, they came back and then it kept going and it pretty quickly after that, I put the guy on second, they scored the run, it was over. And, uh, oh, but man. I was watching that one from home chuckling. So it's all <laughs> karma. It all comes back to get you. TC, appreciate you. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Brady.